The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. to get out leave this week behind it's time to get out live our life and thrive get the good vibes live it out make the good times here and now taking over it's our turn now so let's go I'm Dave Hawkins, and you've tuned in to The Antidote. I've pulled in a number of great new singles for this episode. These days, so many artists are releasing only singles. No EPs, no albums, and I do get it. That does seem to be what's driving the music machine lately. But that's not what Captive Portal does. 
Our first track, Own the Night, comes from their new EP, Toy Sounds, Volume 2, which has a series of songs using a 1984 Casio mini keyboard. So I guess they're ignoring any kind of trend. Tonight we'll also hear a chat I had with Empty Smith. The main man, Micah Smith, tells us about why he left post-hardcore behind to switch into doing folk music. After this next song, we'll hear from the gracious Bathsheba Tolbert, who shares about Ain't Nothing Wrong, her lead single from her upcoming album. But for now, let's get into the duo bringing home with Rising.
The Anecdote is meeting with Bathsheba Tolbert. It's so good to have you here. It is so wonderful to be here, Dave. I am so excited about meeting you and being on this platform. I love to meet interesting and incredible people. So thank you for this invite. Well, you've got the wrong guy. (laughs) I'm not that interesting. You are. You are. Your purpose is interesting. So therefore, you are interesting. Love it. I was sort of surprised to find out that music is actually kind of secondary for you. Maybe you could give our listeners an overview of what your main role really is. Well, I will tell you this. I came out of my mother singing. Literally, my mother said that she was humming something and it was in between feedings and I started going cooing with her. So music has always been my foremost fiber of who I am. Mm. Um, Started doing it very, very young, was seen, I guess, in kindergarten. And my teacher says, she needs to start taking lessons. So I started taking lessons very young, got into um, classical music, all kinds of music, and did it professionally. Really what you see out there now, if you go and you see Bathsheba Tolbert or the one and only Bathsheba, all of that stuff on social media, it was really about, I would like to be able to impact women that have possibly gone through what I've gone through. And the way to get people to listen to you is give them something for free. So a lot of what I was doing before was fashion, hacks, um, inspirational, but I kind of interweaved it in with my music because I really feel that the music is what's going to really change and impact people. So it's always, it's in my fiber. (laughs) So you really feel that's your true duty to try to equal the playing field between men and women? Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. Because it's going to impact everyone. A person can sing a song and have thousands of different impacts for that one song. Those words, the the feeling behind it, it's going to hit everybody differently. So it is definitely the vehicle in which um, I am, I believe, I'm here on this earth for. Music. Now, you've already brought this up. Your social media pages are so easy to find because you just search for the one and only Bathsheba. So Mm -hmm. you got to tell me, how does it feel to be that unique? Well, I'm going to tell you the story behind the one and only Bathsheba. Before it was the one and only Bathsheba, it was styled by Bathsheba because I kept getting women that said, hey, I want to follow you. How do I find you? I never knew this growing up, but there are so many Bathshebas. Well, I deal with fashion and giving some tips styled by Bathsheba. But this year, I actually said, hey, I'm going to put together just my life in song. And I really want to impact how do I get it out there without them not finding me? And I thought, well, there's only one of me. So I'm going to be the one and only Bathsheba on my social media. So you know where to find me. So it's really kind of like a tag for, hey, I'm over here. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. The one and only. But I think we're all unique, though. I think even all the thousands of Bathshebas out there, they all have something that they bring to the table. And I would hope that they will find that and bring it. Because I think we all come with some kind of treasure to give others, which makes us unique, which makes us who we are. Oh, that's a great answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel it very, very deeply. (laughs) I, I really do. I want women 
finding their purpose and the thing that they love that would actually make a difference. We need to tap back into what is that one thing that I'm excited about. That's what makes me unique. And I want to give that to others. Well, I have to admit something to you that I've really been out of touch with the music of Bathsheba. Because up until your new song, I hadn't heard anything from you before. Mm -hmm. So with the new music, does that mean you're wanting to take your music to the next level? I want to take my music globally. I want to impact everyone that hears it to the point they want to share it, to the point it inspires them to do greater and better things. I, I don't see them as verses. I see it as a, it's a dialogue that helps encourage people to move forward. So I, I want to take it global. I don't want it just to be a one song wonder. It doesn't matter if the album is a success in a sense of, oh, it makes me all this money or whatever. I'm really trying to get it to the point where everyone is able to share this and it be something that they look forward to the next song and then they look forward to the next songs. I kind of took a hiatus for about 10 years to raise, you know, my kids and now they're up and going. Now I'm like, mom's doing her thing and I'm going to get the music out no matter, you know, how long I am on this earth. I'm going to be writing music and putting it out there and hopefully everyone will love it. You are making a big impact online. You have hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah, I, I see the numbers and I see the comments. But if I honestly, what really just warms my heart is when someone reaches out in a comment and I'm able to connect to them. I try to answer every comment because I think when you connect that way, it inspires them and it inspires me. You know, it gets me out of my comfort zone. That's impressive to be able to do that. Thank you. You're a big deal online in the social world and in fashion. But now what makes Bathsheba a real standout is your debut single, Ain't Nothing Wrong. And I love the closing line. Your opinion don't make me who I am. If I want it, I'm going to do it just because I can. Have a seat. You can keep all your played out plans because they don't even change a thing. Mm. But is it really that easy for you to ignore opinions? I'm going to tell you, it took me 17 years to get to that point in my life of actually walking that through and believing it. You wow. know, when you're kids, sticks and stones will break my bones, the name will never hurt me. But in all reality, for years, I was under a fog of, I have to get the approval of this one. It was just always never dealing with me and who I am, but just I have to live up to this and that. And oh my goodness, I've hurt this person. So I got to figure out how to make that better for them. And I came to the realization that no matter what cartwheel I do, no matter what I say to someone, they're never going to accept who I really am. So now when I say it does not matter what you think, I'm still going to be me. I might be bruised, torn, ripped to shreds, but that's what makes me who I am. That makes me, I always tell my beauties, you are a queen, regardless if you're a queen in training or you're a retired queen, I'm telling you to dust off that, that dusty crown and be who you are. You're a queen no matter what. Let them see your backside, not the front of you. Because if you keep walking, they're behind you. 
<laughs> so when I say, hey, that is me, it's, it's where I'm walking in my element. That's me. It doesn't matter. There's something else about Ain't Nothing Wrong uh-huh. that stands out so much, and it's that you added this trace of R&B to what's essentially a pop song. The thing is, you have the right voice to carry that off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but does this mean that you have absolutely no limitations? Well, actually, I'm going to say that I'm going to answer that by saying when I was a kid, once my mom knew I really could sing, she put me in all kinds of music from opera to jazz to gospel, of course, rock and roll. I mean, there were she honestly it's so funny when I was a kid, the monkeys, you know, that that group. And yeah, isn't that a horrible show if you watch it nowadays? <laughs> I did that a few weeks ago. But my mother would sit and say, I want you to sit and listen to this and try to mimic them. So she got me into mimicking other styles of music and what it sounded like. Um, My biggest inspirations were um, Barbara Streisand. And Mm -hmm. it really helps me. Like, you only hear Ain't Nothing Wrong. But on my album, which we'll be releasing next year, you know, singles, um, I have seven songs. And none of them have the same type of genre. I have country. I have inspirational. um, I have adult contemporary. There's all kinds of styles and a little bit of jazz in there uh, because I want to take you on a journey. I don't want you to get caught up in the style per se, because I want you to feel what I'm feeling. Sometimes it may come out a little gospely. Other times it may come out a little opera. It just depends on what the journey I'm going through. So hopefully you enjoy it. Well, now I'm just annoyed and disappointed because I have to wait until next year to hear anything more. Well, guess what? You can always have me back for the next single, though. (laughs) Plug. (laughs) Thanks for coming for this talk, Bathsheba, and best of luck with the singles and the future album. Oh, thank you so much. And I once again, thank you for what you're doing out here. It's so impactful. I wish I would have known you 10 years ago, but you're here now and hopefully we can do this journey together. Absolutely. <laughs> this is Bathsheba and you've got the antidote. Give it to me. Give it to me. I heard them talking. Heard what they say. I've seen the photos around.
She's one determined lady. Bathsheba gave us Ain't Nothing Wrong. And there's definitely Ain't Nothing Wrong with that song. Well, let's head over to the UK. The band Out of the Ashes mixed jazz, blues, and gospel together to deliver something totally different on the new song Where I Run To. with Remedy Drive, and you've got The Antidote with Dave Hawkins.
as always, another great song from Remedy Drive. At the head of the show, I mentioned about the radical transition Micah Smith made after the August Guns closed up. During this talk, we speak about that band and how Folk has taken over on his new project, Empty Smith. Micah Smith returns to The Antidote. Man, it's good to have you back. It's very good to be back. I thought, man, I should give Dave a holler, and here we are. The last time you and I spoke, we got into the music of the August Guns. Now you've gone into something new and with a big change of style. You know, there's no more alt-rock, no more post-hardcore. This is straight-up folk music. Why go for something different? Well, gosh, there was... I kind of went through a, a period of life where I kind of had to figure things out. Again, um, kind of deconstruct a lot of what I thought my life was going to look like, what I had hoped it would be. And part of that was my relationship with music. Like, man, do I... Do I have it in me to do it anymore? Do I do I want to do it anymore? Um, so just kind of really pumping the brakes on that and figuring out what, if anything, was the next steps. And I got to take it really slow and um, just got to come revisit the, the concept of what music looks like in my life without any pretense, without any kind of real big ambition and just kind of come back at it from a completely rebuilt place so anybody who's known me and and who has been around me for an extended period of time knows that i'm kind of more comfortable with the guitar than i am uh, around people (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know it it just kind of soothes me so um this sort of style has been kind of something that i've been doing for a very long time but just have never really explored it in a way where people outside of you know in my immediate proximity could hear and so i tried it out um it, i don't know it, it turned out i'm i'm very excited about the way that it has turned out i was ready for you to state that you were too old to do rock anymore <laughs> well that is true so i still occasionally will go to uh metal shows and i went and saw gojira about a month ago and the first song kicked on and I got really excited and I started kind of like letting loose and headbanging. And it took about 15 seconds for me to be like, ow, like my head hurt. And I was like, whoa, buddy, <laughs> like you're getting too old for this. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm physically like I just can't keep up with that anymore. Well, I want to circle back to the August Guns because the band had a great sound and excellent songs. Who decided it was time to end the whole thing? You know, I guess a short answer, God. (laughs) Uh, Everything just kind of fell apart in various ways in our collective lives. Um, I went through some pretty crazy stuff. Uh, Royce, our drummer, moved to Texas. Our bass player went through some really heavy personal things. And like we just kind of reached the point where like functionally couldn't really do it anymore. And I know that you know, we never had like an official, hey, this is done. Um, but like how many states away, you know, at the time when that kind of all went down, I told the guys, I was like, if y'all want to continue, I'm here for it. But I just, I, I can't drive this thing anymore. Like if you guys want to keep going, I just, I got to sleep in the back for a while. And so it just kind of, I guess, ended not with a bang, but with a with a whisper. And even with the the August guns, usually... Most things were written by me on an acoustic guitar. 
mm-hmm. and then kind of translated into the you know three piece rock band sort of format. So it wasn't a huge jump for me to just kind of keep doing what I was doing, but this time like not think about trying to bring it into that kind of louder uh, arrangement style. Sure. I heard that the August Guns' final song was the band's favorite. What was it about Victories that made it stand out from the rest? Um, so I'm a big music nerd, so I think that some of the uh, compositional things were really exciting for me, just like different mixed meter stuff. I remember with that song, we had a lot of like 7-8 thrown in there, and then some kind of different tonality harmonic choices that made it like just a little unorthodox and I'm just kind of a weird dude. So anything that's kind of outside of the ordinary, uh, that's kind of my jam that like picks up my ears. I'm like, Oh, this is different. Um, and I feel like that song, yeah, just the writing on it was, was cool. Uh, we were all kind of, so it was, it was the technicality of it. Yeah. Yeah. And especially for me, like coming from a, like a metal background and stuff, there's always that nerd part of me that's like, Oh, they're playing in seven, eight. And they're like, they're blending this chord with that chord. And what I like just getting excited about the kind of things that most listeners don't, don't give a crap about. And that's fine. Um, but for me, yeah, like just the, I guess the technicality of it. And I feel like we started to find a good blend of just like the different elements of our sound and stuff, like the singing and then the, the, the heavier vocals and, and the more technical pieces of it and stuff. And it was, it was an exciting song.
as you mentioned, that was two years ago. And yeah. now you've got the new project, Empty Smith. Okay, mm-hmm. now the Smith part of it's pretty easy to figure out, but why empty? Uh, a couple different reasons. Um, so one thing, my initials are MT, so it kind of sounds like that. Um, but reason number two, um, a lot of artists in this kind of genre usually have like the two name thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you think of like like Tyler Childers, Coulter Wall. Um, it's their artist name is two names. Um I think a lot of these songs were written out of that place of, man, yeah, where I felt like, man, my life just took like a drastic different turn. and But you were okay with that turn? Eventually. I, I think that's maybe a, a daily thing to kind of accept the things that you can't change. And like when the August guns kind of fizzled and everything else in my life kind of went like completely sideways. Uh, I reached the point where I feel like, man, I, uh, everything that I thought was going to happen, it didn't happen that way. Um, whether my music or my, you know, marriage or my career or my whatever, like everything just kind of fell apart. And so coming out of that and moving forward, I, I felt like I, I didn't have anything left so I'm emptied in that way, but also being emptied can be a good thing in that like it's open to having other things happen, I guess. And so maybe coming from a place of emptiness can feel terrible, but it can also be a an open, like humble posture to receive like the good things that God has maybe in flows to you in ways that you expected or really wanted to. One similarity with the August Guns and the new Empty Smith song, Are You There?, is that it's faith-focused. I wonder, would you hear my plea or prosecute me forcefully? I'm holding on to certainty that my just judge would set me free. Do you really feel that way, that God is judging you? Okay, so those, those words, and actually this whole song, are out of the book of Job, uh, chapter 23. Job was a man of perfect integrity, which that's not me. So let's get that off the table right now, right? Like I'm a human. I've made mistakes. I'm just a dude. And, uh, but Job was a righteous man. And the story is that like he loses everything in his life. Uh, man, his, his health, his wealth, his kids. Uh, the only thing basically that he's got left is his wife who's like, go ahead. You might as well just curse God and die. And Job says no, and then he sits in silence with his three friends for seven days, and then most of the rest of the book is his friends trying to give answers on why this stuff happened, and then at the end of the book, God shows up and takes like six or seven chapters to just kind of lay it out and be like, I am me, you are you. I don't know, it's a it's a really amazing book on like, of suffering in the human existence, I mean, and I think it's natural to have that thought and that question of when your life does just kind of crash in and everything um, that you've hoped for and worked for and built on just kind of crumbles. You ask those questions, right? You do wonder, like, did I do something to deserve this? Or, like, why, why is this happening? And Job, I love that book because even in that, here's a dude who is, like, 
you know, his friends are saying, well, it's because of this and you must have done something wrong. And he's like, no, I didn't. I didn't, you know, like I, but I still don't understand where this going. Chapter 23, it's like this voice and this vent to these feelings of like, God, like, where are you? I know that you're good. I know that you're righteous. And if I could get before you like to present this situation to you, I know that you would judge it rightly but where are you in this? Where are you in all of this? And it resonated with me. I mean, obviously, I didn't experience uh, suffering to the catastrophic level that Job did. But you did have trials. Yeah, I think it's a very human thing, especially when you go through a lot of loss in a very short time, to be like, God, where, where are you in this? Like, what's going on? What is happening? So, yeah, that's that. <laughs> Well, this is your first song as Empty Smith. So you're going to promise me, right, that there's going to be more music? Uh, yes, sir. I've got at least five more on the way, and I'm going back into the studio with Allie probably early December to do a couple more. So, um, yeah, I've got, I've got more coming. I feel like I'm working on having a good rhythm of just like kind of constantly writing and, and making new material and trying to make it better than the last. And, and I'm excited again with like having the time to revisit the role and the way that I do music. Um, so I'm excited and there is more. And everybody else will be excited too, because they're going to get to hear this first song. Well, Micah, thanks for the talk, and it's been great having you back on The Antidote. Thank you, Dave, for having me. I appreciate it. It's always good to chat. I am Micah Smith of Empty Smith, and you are listening to music that makes a difference on The Antidote. Days like this, my spirit groans. Your hand is heavy on my soul. If only I knew where to go To make my case before your throne No place. 
like this It's a storm for me That's why I fear you almighty Where can I go To find you To east or west You are not there To north and south I catch no glimpse of We just heard Are You There from Empty Smith. I'm keen to hear what else is going to be found on that upcoming release. Well, it's been a five-year wait since Lauren Daigle released an album. Is her new self-titled as good as Look Up Child? No. All I'm going to say is that her new single, These Are The Days, is a bright, happy pop song. He came. 
Peter Johnson, RVA, describes his music as Catholic indie rock you wouldn't hear at Mass. And I mean, how could he be more accurate about that? Ascension is found on his just-released EP, Glorious, and it speaks of Christ's ascension into heaven. 
Next week on The Antidote, it's all metal, as we have a return visit from Ronnie Koenig from Slovakia's Signum Regis. If you haven't heard the band before, they topped the ranks of power metal bands. Ronnie speaks with The Antidote about their new album, Undivided, and you're going to love it. This release is absolutely perfect. We do still have time for one final single, the song Help from Manifest, and it isn't a Beatles cover. This one is about feeling crushed by life and seeking God. See you again next week. I try to talk to God, confess all my dark thoughts, tell them I'm a lost cause. Rolling around with the rock stars, maxing out my trump cards, but I cry inside my car parked. Tears they never turn up, so tired of the chaos, screaming at the mirror. This is I'm coming undone, my thoughts have overrun. God, I really need some. I try to tell a friend I'm sinking in the deep end He tells me it'll be okay But I don't believe it I can't see it I know my soul's in danger I'm my own worst hater I don't know how this ends In the name of Jesus Talk to God, confess all my dark thoughts, tell them I'm a lost cause Rolling around with the rock stars, maxing out my trump cards But I cry inside my car park Tears they never turn up, so tired of the chaos Screaming at the mirror, this is my fault I'm coming undone, my thoughts have overrun God, I really need some Would I be missed if I walked into the darkness? I know I shouldn't even think it Somewhere the sun is shining But I can't find it Every breath I breathe leaves me feeling It's worth the trouble, like it or not I'm in it No way I'm gonna quit it My youngest self would ask for help So I'm gonna listen I'm gonna ask for help